Did you know that one of the biggest advocates for classical Christian education was once the former head of marketing for Tommy Hilfiger? Well, that's right. Gordon Pennington, my great friend, is back again on this episode. He is so encouraging because he believes that the antidote to the culture wars and the craziness around us is to raise up a generation through our amazing ancient future schools. You will be encouraged. So stick around for this episode of Basecamp Live. Mountains, we all face them as we seek to influence the next generation. Get equipped to conquer the challenges, summit the peak, and shape exceptionally thoughtful, compassionate, and flourishing human beings. We call it ancient future education for raising the next generation. Welcome to Basecamp Live. Now your host, Davies Owens. Welcome to Basecamp Live in the studio with Kelly Barber. How are we doing, Kelly? I'm great, Davies. Good to see you. You know, I'm ama- people are listening to this podcast. That's awesome. I, I, I mean, I've, I've thought for a long time there are, but you know, people are actually now starting to write in. And I just want to say thank you for taking a moment. It's info at basecamplive.com. What's on your mind? What struck you as interesting, helpful? What would you like for us to talk about? I want to shout out to a guy named Tyler Hensley. And Tyler uh, sent us a message uh, through our Facebook page and just said, hey, I was reading a devotion on Spurgeon, and it was entitled, Get Thee Up Into the High Mountain. And he said, I was mm. thinking of you guys at base camp with your mountain theme. And he then, I don't have time to read the entire devotional, but it's a really interesting, beautifully worded piece where Spurgeon's writing and just saying, you know, our, our knowledge of Christ is somewhat like climbing out of one of our Welsh mountains, Spurgeon writes. And, you know, when you're at the base, you see but little, but the mountain itself appears um, much higher. And then he kind of walks through this process of going up to the first knoll and then up through the next valley. And eventually you're on top of the mountain and you're looking out and you can see hundreds of miles away. And he says, I could not have imagined that so much could be seen at this elevation. Mm. And he links it to our Christian life that so often we, we live down in the moment and we don't step back. And the closer we, we draw to Christ, the more beautiful and the more deep and the more alive things become. So. His, his command of language is so good. And it's interesting you say that. I just reminded, we're in the middle of speech meet right now for the grammar school. And sitting down and hearing some of these kids give these speeches and you realize, man, there is so much when you step back and pull yourself out of the day-to-day details of homework and getting them up for school and getting uniforms on them. These kids are really learning something great and we don't appreciate that all the time. But to step, stand and take that big view from up above and go, man, this is really neat. So very timely. Tyler, thanks for sending that in. Yeah, we love to hear from folks out there. You know, it's an interesting point he's made. By the way, speech media people are wondering, what is that? It's It's basically our grammar school, and they they memorize uh, amazing passages from human, I mean, well, human history. Or, Several yeah, minutes uh, long. Uh, quite yes. <laughs> quite more than most of us could do, and they and then they present it in these very beautiful and compelling ways. And you're right, it's far more than we could even imagine, which is a great lead-in, by the way, to our guest today. Our good friend Gordon Pennington is, is back on the air. I get to interview him again. Um, Gordon, it, it fits in this. Gordon is a guy who... Um, really spent a good bit of his life and career kind of in the belly of the beast as a media guy. He was, uh, at one point MTV was after him. He was the, uh, he was the, um, main guy for Tommy Hilfiger as a marketer. Um, would spend the weekends hanging out with David Lee Roth and, you know, had the life of the rich and the famous thing going on and just realized this is not where it's at. Um, came to know Christ, amazing story, ended up uh, coming to visit um, my classical Christian school in Atlanta a number of years ago and wept sitting in the middle Mm -hmm. school classrooms and said, there's, wow, there's hope. And so the interview is really one of of Gordon just kind of encouraging us and saying it's easy to get lost in those details, but to step back, get on the mountain, look back and realize in all of the craziness and the brokenness of the world today, 
there's really good things happening in these schools and be encouraged. It is the antidote, I think, in many ways. Encouraging is the right word. It just, it's just, yeah. and it's refreshing, his enthusiasm. So I think you will be heartened by what Gordon has to say today. Absolutely. Good work. Heartened like that. All right, let's jump into the interview. Welcome to Basecamp Live, Davies Owens at the ACCS Conference with my very, very good friend, Gordon Pennington. Yay, Gordon. Great to be with you. Hey, it's good for you to be back. I think you just need to kind of be my co-host or something. I, I, you would do a great Tremendous job. Tremendous excitement and energy here. I've met so many wonderful people from all over the country and uh, and other countries. I mean, there's an international representation here. It's it's just, my, it's my first ACCS Conference, and I'm, I'm thrilled, and I'm sorry I haven't been here before. Well, I know, and a lot of people are, you know, just parent or teacher in a small school under 200 in some area of the country and they think we're the the lone voices in the wilderness and you realize God is creating a movement here and, and let me let me frame for people that maybe haven't heard of you before or maybe didn't hear the other podcast um, you have a, an amazing vantage point that very few people have I mean you, you've early in your life you were the head of marketing for Tommy Hilfiger um, you've had experiences representing major brands and industry God has put you in very strategic places to kind of see how the world tells its stories. I mean, MTV was after you for a while to do all that. And in the last decade or two, God has put you in an equally amazing set of conversations with major ministry leaders, government officials. You've traveled around the world. If, you, if someone hasn't heard the other podcast, you should, because I go through all of your A Day in the Life of Gordon, which is pretty amazing to me. Um, <laughs> God is putting you in places like, you didn't, you had lunch with who? That's amazing, Gordon. You're not making that up. It's really true. God is putting you uh, in environments uh, to be an influencer, a catalyst. Uh, you, you, one of the things you're working on right now uh, since the last podcast is this amazing story, Heart for Michigan, uh, trying to connect the 20 most influential individuals around your state to have conversations. These people don't even meet and talk. You're trying to help make that happen. I think friendship's an important part of any kind of um, development of culture, and that those conversations aren't taking place uh, frequently enough so yeah. you've got to bloom where you're planted and Michigan's such a wonderful place to live that's where I grew up you know yeah, and yeah. I've got the our um, tourism campaign was about pure Michigan and it just revitalized a sense of the the sentimentality and a perfection for yeah. the state amongst many people but we're so much more we want to do in our state like, like people across the United States sure. today we're just sort of reinventing ourselves yeah. in this post-industrial post-modern era so that's been a very exciting uh, set of conversations so just so, getting started yeah and, and I love again we're working with a 71 year old school there in Michigan that's a denominational school that's kind of trying to find its wake. Uh, you pointed them towards classical Christian education. They've been out to visit us. They are, I'm so excited. I yeah, mean, I mean, me I, too. They're getting a lot of, but this is happening all over the country. There's an educational awakening going on and in this That's country. what I want to talk about. You have, you talk, talk more about what you're seeing, the conversations you're having, because I think there are people, again, that are just the old, you know, making the donuts, waking up in the morning, going to the school, doing the deal, taking the kids in. Like, let's step back for a minute. What God is doing here, and it, boy, you can feel it here at this conference, it is a movement of great significance. It's not just me blowing classical air around. This is something, as an, as an objective outsider coming in, what are you seeing? Yeah, well, what I'm seeing very clearly is that there's a movement here, as you've said, and it's not a new movement. It's one that's gaining momentum. It's something uh, I had a famous author tell me once he was a 17-year overnight success. That was Rick Warren, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had one of the best-selling books in the English language. Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight in every circumstance. But what's happening here now is the, the seminal influence of ideas that have gained momentum uh, since the rediscovery of Dorothy Sayers and the Lost Tools of Learning and her lecture and publication at Oxford University in 1947-1948. Well, this has gotten um, attention, obviously, through... Yeah. 
the mayor, Doug Wilson, and, and others who have brought this to light now has created a national conversation that more and more people are getting in on, and it's a very important conversation. And as you look, I mean, part of it's got to be that as the is it the darkness gets darker, so to speak, the light gets brighter. I mean, is part of it is we're at a moment in time where things are just the crazy loop is spinning fast. The barbarians are even closer to the gates, and and that's I think driving more people to say there's got to be something better than what educational opportunities we have, the messages of our broader culture. What are you seeing? Just well, it's becoming clear to more and more people. We're fighting for the last vestiges of Western civilization. And if life is subject to a grand social experiment in human reengineering, then um, there yeah. are fantastic risks and losses and, and, uh, and decay surrounding that. So what is it we would rebuild and how would we rebuild something that's more robust, mm-hmm. that's based on the best ideas, the most proven ideas, the most uh, successful and sustainable ideas of two millennia of history? Yeah, and that's, I think, the point of, of perspective that I want to get. I keep Last night, you and I had the opportunity to stand in front of a bunch of a team of uh, marketers for classical Christian schools, and they're trying to figure out how do we tell the story better, you know, how do we make the website more dynamic, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, well, I loved what happened, I wish everybody, we should have recorded last night, because we, all of a sudden we went from kind of a polite discussion about how to brand your school to, oh my goodness, we are literally in the throes of saving civilization from the well, barbarians. I mean, it, 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 this is exciting and scary at the same time. It's a constructive movement, and you could say it's even a, a revolution of, with, with the proportions of, and potential to uh, to invigorate something very human, very alive, very um, uh, critically important. Right, right. We're, 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 at an in, we're at an insertion point in history right now where the ideas that we're going to sow into the next generation are going to shape uh, clearly the future, but so, we're doing it now. We're seeing it done. So can you unpack it from your perspective? What is it that you see in classical Christian education? What is the output that is creating that civility that is so needed? Why is this, wh- other than, okay, we read old books and kids are polite and they wear a load of uniforms around, what is it that you see it's creating a transformation of the human being that is so needed in our culture? Well, I think the central idea around this is the the subculture in the classical Christian ideal. And the subculture is one that's generous, it's one that's disciplined, it's one that's ordered, it's one that's in, in, invigorating, it's one that creates the, uh, it, it ignites the moral imagination in a way that no other educational philosophy or model that I have seen is working. And this, and of course the idea of the paideia and this subculture has to extend beyond these hours that students spend at school alone. It's the, the 301 p.m. Uh, experience that, after that the bell described. rings at three o'clock at three o one, and now they're out into the real world, and they're they're making an impact, and they're being influenced by that world. Or is yeah. it the real world? It's another world. It's a world that vies for their attention, and it's a world that fragments them. It's mm-hmm. a world that's filled with so many impulsive uh, implications and signals and uh, and connecting points that yeah. it really fragments students, fragments all of us. It connects us to so much, but at the same time. It does something to the soul that is not as healthy as being integrated. You know, on that note, Gordon, I think back in 2003, you and I uh, came together and created a uh, film. It was called Media Meltdown. And you hired a couple of students, I guess, for 24 hours just to record back then kind of cable news. And the message was one we took to about 20 college campuses, and we're just trying to challenge students back then to the reality. I think the number was at that point 60,000 brand impressions per day are coming at students and impacting them. And and I think, gosh, almost you know, fast forward so many decade plus here, a totally different world out there. Out, the 301 problem is getting even worse outside our doors, and kids are more influenced 
and yet again, the, this is, I think, the antidote. I mean, the antidote is to create a discerning group of young people. Um, Fifteen it, years ago, media meltdown, really, researchers and yeah. interns and people were doing saturation viewing and in aggregate saying mm-hmm. that this is a, a mosaic of the picture of, of the, the social disorder that's being broadcast. And you subject yourself to that. you got a picture of something. Of course, this is pre-social media. This is pre-smartphones. Yeah. Uh, but but it was uh, it presaged something really debilitating that's right. afflicting our society today. And the question is, what's the antidote? And I think a lot of it is is what I'm getting back to is this: how is this movement? Why is this movement the right movement? Why is it the antidote to these problems? And so the 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 loss of civility, the fragmentation, and that's a great word too. That you know you you talk like a cell phone. On the one hand, smartphone is connecting us at one level but it's detaching us at another and a much deeper level. And so that hunger for connectedness and community, it's just something so basic to life itself, which is what we see in these, in these classical Christian school communities. Well, it was earlier this week, the World Health Organization recognized uh, mm. uh, game addiction, video game addiction yeah. as a, a, a social and, and actual health yeah. disorder. Yeah, yeah, I read about that in the paper, a young I was like 13, 14 year old girl, she literally, um, didn't even stop to go to the bathroom had an accident it was so she was so withdrawn into this game that she uh, couldn't even take care of herself rehab and, centers are springing up exactly. all over the country to yeah. address this but look look at the yeah the implications of it are pretty bleak uh, look right. pandora's box is open we're not luddites and and the idea that the good bad and the ugly is available to us and accessible to us includes the great libraries and great wisdom yeah. and ideas in the world and, and and scripture as well as things yeah. that are really really malevolent and and, and very destructive. So, is a, is a is a brand? I mean, you again. You have you've spent your life helping pe- helping companies figure out how do you create um, a, a need, uh, an awareness of a product or an idea. Um, when you look again at classical Christian education, how do you see that as a solution to, to to these felt needs that parents have? I mean, where where is classical Christian education filling a gap that nothing else is filling? Well, the beauty of it is. It, starting with the subculture as a paideia and then extending it to more and more of our lives. It has to exist not only in the academic and the school environment, it has to be extended into the home. It has to be extended into the church and community life. It's got to be something that we recognize Mm -hmm. for its own merit and then extend and embrace into more and more of our lives. So there's a whole redemption of the beauty Hmm. of what's happening in classical Christian education. It is the most comprehensive representation, not just an educational model. Yeah but a life culture model that is coherent. Look at any other opportunity to uh, experiment with something different. That's all it is, it is, is an experiment. This is something that is a, a history. Yeah. It's, it, it's the ancient modern idea brought right. together that's accessible to people in the 21st century. Yeah. Families that want to be happy and healthy and, and experience growth and, and something that connects them and right. makes them more engaged in the larger world. This isn't isolationist at all. It's actually a preparation for embracing life with a healthier model that doesn't right. exist anywhere yeah. else. And, and the beauty of it is it's not a reinvention, or redis- it's a rediscovery. Western civilization, and I'm more and more making this point, everything that we understand as the civility of the West is really born out of individuals that were formed in a classical Christian environment, even though we didn't use that term back then. The average farmer 100 years ago could quote Homer's Iliad, had an understanding of meteorology, was very capable of integrating scripture into normal life and so that ability that's what created our culture and so this is what's redemptive about it i want to take a break when we come back i'm kind of i want to be my question 
uh, is going to be sort of along the lines of, is it from a branding standpoint, we've got some challenges with this classical Christian thing. And you know, you know I've talked about, it is probably the hardest brand that you've ever thought of trying to represent because you say classical and people think uh, maybe classic Coke or classic music or something old and kind of outdated. They think Christian, they think of their weird aunt that, you know, they know that's a Christian. And then you say uh, education, they think God in public school or public school is great and, and, and all as well. So it's not an easy product. But I want to hear how you think we could maybe present this better to uh, to parents but it's a beautiful product and you've got to get that across we got to get well. that across we'll be right back the first wave of generation z is entering college this year but little has been known about this next generation until now in partnership with impact 360 institute barna has just released a landmark study of the leading edge of gen z teenagers from 13 to 17 years old what is their relationship to faith to parents to institutions how have culture and society shaped them how can we better equip them reach them and help them follow jesus with confidence in this world gen z is a must-read report for pastors teachers and parents as you help to Christian leaders grow. To learn more about Gen Z or to purchase the book, visit whoisgenz.com. Welcome back to Basecamp Live here with Gordon Pennington. Gordon, oh my goodness, we could talk for hours, but we don't have hours. But we're going to jump right into the... We, before the break, I was saying from a storytelling branding, I am confident that everyone listening has probably at some point been approached by someone else and said, or asked to answer the question, your kids are in this classical thing um, could you tell me what the thing is because it, it looks good and then we parents fumble around and we say something about Latin and trivium and by then the person's eyes have glazed over and they've walked off and we've, we've it's hard to explain what this is how would you as a, as a marketing branding guy how do you explain classical Christian education what's what's this what's the elevator pitch Gordon Pennington gives I think it's most contagious as an experience. What we're talking about in the classical Christian model is an acquaintance with the things that have endured in the past and connecting them with the ideas that will challenge us for the future. How are students going to be best prepared to manage their own lives and to discipline their own side, govern their own lives, and influence others positively in the future? I can't think of a better model for educating and preparing people through the, the ancient and the modern so that they are prepared for the present and what the future ancient brings. Ancient future education. I it's should, perfect. I should brand that. That's a good idea. Well, yeah. you should. I thought you had. <laughs> I did, actually. It's brilliant. It's a good thing. But what I just heard you say was not, you didn't start off with a what. I think a lot of times we try to describe, we go descriptive. We start describing what it is. Well, there's this stage and then there's that stage. What I heard was sort of really the output. You're raising up discerning students and this is an opportunity to, to change it's the output you're describing the product I guess not how it's made well people who are being prepared for the future and thinking they're only adapting to a, a world of a computer age of programmers and people who are adept in that field are not prepared to make decisions with the kind of critical discernment of history itself and mm. contemporary society itself and what those choices lead to with machine learning and AI and all the changes, even people who are leaders in the computer field are, are worried mm. and concerned about what. how do we create people that are more human, less mechanical? Yeah. And what is that enterprise? So the beauty of the classical Christian model is it's the whole person education. This isn't just an intellectual approach to education. Right. It's a viewing whole persons as their, with the value and right. the aesthetic virtue and beauty and the good, the true, and the beautiful critical parts of and it seems persons. like at the end of the day, you know, you and I had this, the, the journey that we had in our, in your discovery of classical Christian, even though you're from a family of educators, you and I, long before you came, I think around 2005 to Atlanta to sit in one of my classrooms, you had heard me talk about it. So this is a great example of 
you kind of cognitively knew what it was and maybe you had read about it and you, you had some general appreciation for it, but you weren't moved to tears. You were moved to tears sitting in the classroom and hearing middle school students who actually articulated ideas that were typically not the ideas you would hear coming out of an American middle schooler's mouth. It was an aha moment. Aha moment. It was to see the uh, incandescent enthusiasm of students for the wholeness of the learning process. It wasn't just a recitation, and it wasn't just an interest in an area or topic that that, that they were particularly fond of. It was the the complete and and to see it in a cohort setting mm-hmm. with other students who could support there was no boredom there was no distraction there was none of this what i've described earlier as this fragmentation yeah there's there was a wholeness the whole spirit the whole presence the whole person showing up and reflecting on something that was exciting about yeah. life and the learning process itself and that kind of without by the way the provocation of of of, stu- of uh, the the teachers or anyone else this is just you know, enthusiasm it's just how they are right uh, it was well, effort, effervescent it's just like bubbling it. up from them i know it's a great image of that in in the conversation after the class i mean you stuck around and you just I think continue that conversation and it was in, it was inspired. It's never left me and I want to yeah. thank you Davies for mm. in, encouraging me. And I want to pass that encouragement along to others. Visit a classical Christian school yeah. and if you've already had that that awakening experience, that aha moment, that epiphanal moment on education, bring others. There's well, no better experience than experience a, a classical choir come in on these these choir days you've described to me at uh, yeah, at Ambrose. The, the hymn sing that happens. There's so many examples of that. You know, as you're saying that it occurs to me I am willing to bet um, Somebody email me if I'm wrong about this, infobasecamplive.com. I bet most parents who chose a school at the kindergarten, that's the normal entry point, maybe visited a second grade or a third grade, I bet many, many, many have never been in a classroom beyond seventh grade up. And I would challenge uh, our families that are already in our schools to go sit in an upper school classroom. You can sit in a grammar school, and those are inspiring, uh, effervescent as well. But to sit at the kind of towards the end of the the, – development cycle if you will up in that rhetoric stage it is it will create tears i mean that was why i up and moved my family across the country because our school in atlanta we were k-8 at the point and i realized my own daughter i want her in one of these schools i'd visited and i thought this is different at a level beyond anything i've ever seen it's like i've my analogy is if i were to try to describe chocolate to you you've never had chocolate I could say, well, it's made out of cocoa, and it's got this very, you know, texture to it. And you'd be like, this is just fascinating, Davies. It arouses curiosity. Yeah. If I handed you a fine, dark European chocolate, you would, I would not need to say anything. You would probably get it. Well, this is why we want to acquaint people with the experience. We've got to get more people in the classical classroom so that they can see this isn't just a certain kind of conditioning. This is essentially an awakening in students, in young people. And it's an awakening for life itself. I, Mm. I haven't seen anything better. So I'll put it out there to your listeners to say, if you've seen a better educational philosophy at work being demonstrated in the lives of students and extensible even to the yeah. home life and how it changes families and parents and how it will change communities and society. Look, it's a thesis that's going to take time to prove out completely right. because yeah. now our students are being ejected into secular universities yeah. yep. and, and, and new places and, and workspaces in a society that is largely deranged and disarranged and disordered. So we've got to prepare them for this. We're not talking about a perfect idea or a perfect model or, or certainly a perfect circumstance or not environment for, for right. measuring it, but we've got to do the best we can to prepare our students, our young people, the future, yeah. uh, so that they can go and 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 really carry this torch of learn, light and learning mm-hmm. to another generation. Of course, it's based on a robust understanding of the faith. So you can't separate it. Yeah. 
from the need for a really, really uh, a, a genuine and personal encounter with, with God's love and presence in their lives. And I think it engenders that. You see how, how, how beautifully generous this kind of educational approach is and how it comports with faith and reason, mm. science and the arts. And that's what I love about the classical model, that it's so holistic. But we've, the next step, the next conversation I'd be pleased to have with you is, what does this look like in the home? How do we protect family time? How do we protect the dinner hour? How do we protect ourselves? All right, so in the, in the next two minutes as we close this down, uh, let's go there just for a second. What, what should we be doing? Because, again, it's the 301 problem. We assume school does the best they can do, and then we bring our kids home. We need to, there needs to be continuity in that uh, experience for our students. What What do you advise? Well, discipline brings order. It's very simple, and if we can condition ourselves to something to healthier habits, at the end of the day, we'll be a healthier people. And we're being conditioned. We're being essentially we addictive behaviors are surrounding our response to technologies that are practically appendages. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to overcome that and realize that we can order our lives, that we can take responsibility for self governance. My friend Randy Bixby calls it the govern mantle. Mm. And if you think about how we govern ourselves, what is that mantle of discipline and reflection and order and, and frankly, love and compassion that should exhibit uh, a, a vibrancy in our lives rather than the impulsivity that pulls us in so many directions and fragments our souls so that we are less than human. So what are, just off the top of your head, examples? Just what could a parent do to be attentive to that very... Uh, concern that you're describing well it means changing our own lives we have to regulate any kind of habits don't we and i think this includes the the the, the communications and connectivity that that that, that again are attached to us like mm-hmm. appendages in many cases mm-hmm. now that's not a that's not a biological necessity is it? it may not even be it's certainly not a moral necessity and may not even be a sociological or technical necessity except that we're used to it mm-hmm. but we have to take a good look at how we need technology when and where we need it and what connectivity? And of course, we're all different psychologically sure. and sociologically, so and spiritually, and what yeah. connectivity means to us. But we've got to step back and yeah. say, what what do ordered families look like, and what do ordered families bring to ordered education and yeah. ordered communities and ordered societies? Good word. Well, we should come back and d- delve in that even more. I just as a closing comment, I am so thankful for you, Gordon, as a evangelist for classical Christian education. I don't know anybody that is more enthusiastic than you are. And you are in some amazing environments and people will say to you, you've met with Betsy DeVos and others and they say, Hey, what do you see? What's, where's, where, where's God moving? Where's, where are good things happening? There's so many things that we are are not going well, probably in, in our efforts to impact the next generation. And you step right up and say, come and see what I've seen. Thanks, Dave. I'm late in coming to this extraordinary celebration Mm. of life and learning, and I wish I'd had the advantage of a classical Christian education when I was younger, and my life was very much uh, troubled and and fragmented and disordered, Mm. and I was... I was... uh, I was in a sad place in my life, but by the grace of God, I've, I've come to more and more uh, awareness. I feel like I'm, I'm having a, a rebirth of sorts uh, on top of another rebirth. Wow. I mean, it's just an awakening that goes yeah. on and on and on. I'm so grateful. You shall, you, you, know, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Yeah. Well, thank you for even—I am always encouraged to be around you. And again, to raise the bar up, this isn't just about—we began talking about this at the beginning of the episode. We're not—yes, it's— the mechanics of putting kids in school and teaching them better than another way. This is literally, we're fighting to save civilization. This is the Irish saving civilization. It'll be interesting to see 25, 50, 100 years from now how God's used this movement and the, and the sacrifices of these parents and teachers to get a generation to the point that they, are, they may be the torchbearers out there that carry 
Christ into the next millennia that no other way would it have happened. Well, as more and more people are awakening to the possibilities of this as a movement, it's a starting point. It's not the whole... Sure, and there are many others out there doing great things, but this is important. So. And uh, it's an inflection point in history, and we can mm -hmm. make a difference now, and people are recognized. Look look at the numbers of people that are these growing uh, conferences and conventions all yeah. over. And I want to uh, I, I want to urge you and, your, and people in the movement to consider having... Uh, uh, shall we say, uh, awakening weekends that acquaint people with the classical model around the country. Mm. Uh, and But, of course, there's nothing better than inviting people to come into the classical uh, Christian schoolroom and see it for sure. themselves. Yeah, and I think that, that, again, get there yourself if you've not been there other than your kid's lower grammar school experience, and please invite others. Kind of taste and see. There you go. It's be, a must. It's a must. All right, Gordon, thanks for being a part of this. What a pleasure. We so appreciate you and look forward to having you back on here at Basecamp Great Live. to be here at uh, yeah, Basecamp Mobile. There you are. We're on the road. Glad you're here. Took the snow with us. Thank All right. You. See you, man. Bye, dude. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Basecamp Live. You know, raising the next generation of young people isn't easy, but we'd like to offer you some opportunities to join your fellow travelers in this journey of ancient future education. Hey, Kelly, you know what's really exciting? We just added to the website, basecamplive.com, a whole section that's uh, designed around getting the word out. It's called Start Here. If you're new, it tells you how to get fully subscribed to it. If you're a school leader, um, you can you can link on to your school website and kind of get updates every time we do a new show is released. It appears on the school website. That's kind of that's kind of exciting. And, and one of the things that I'm really excited about is this new climbers idea that we're putting together. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about yeah, that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just simply we want to hear stories. I mean, the, what, what I'm humbled by are the number of people literally around the globe who are saying there's a better way to raise the next generation and they're jumping in whatever their context is and we don't know what you're doing and kind of how you discovered this and we're just going to create some kind of smaller little vignettes of stories of people and uh, so yeah info at basecamplive.com let us know what your story is yeah we don't have to do this alone info at basecamplive.com that sounds great all right thanks for joining us and see you at the next episode